we had a coach once who, um, shout out to Amanda, we would start our coaching sessions and she would say, you know, what are you complaining about? And then what she would say is where else is that showing up? And so as that pertains to like our conversation today, I think that's huge, right? So if I'm complaining about the house being messy, like where else is that showing up? Or if I'm complaining about my daughter, not having a great sleep schedule or or whatever it is, where else is that showing up? And then what am I doing to either change that, shift that, or continue to facilitate that? You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social-emotional learning. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, social-emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social-emotional well-being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. Welcome back to the show, Lessonators. Hi, Lessonators. I'm sitting here with my co-pilot, best friend, business partner, um, Giggle Buddy, and we are excited to record a podcast for y'all today. We are. It's been this particular guest has been on our guest list for a while. She's been one of these incredible women in our lives over the last couple of years. I mean, have we been? I lived in Cave Creek when we first met. Oh, you're right. Yep. We took we took our initial meeting in the kitchen. I remember <laughs> it like it was yesterday. There is one thing that you guys need to know about Mary. She has a, a, a memory like a steel trap. It's unbelievable. So whenever I need her to recall a person, a memory, a situation, she knows the date, where it happened, and what she was wearing. It's unbelievable. I wouldn't say what I was wearing, but my <laughs> I, and I can't say it's photogenic, but I do I do like association. So if I knew I took a picture at that point in time, I'll go back and see like what was going on. My brother, on the other hand, is great with like addresses and phone numbers, which I am not good with numbers. That's why I take so many pictures, is so I can recall details and like tie it together, and then I can remember conversations. And like, yeah, it's it's a cool skill. She is the yin to my yang because I can't even remember my kids' birthdays. Jill calls me <laughs> Jill calls me a good PI. I'm a good private investigator. Uh-huh. If you need information, you can rest assured that I'm going to find that information and probably a few other details that weren't asked of I me. I love it. So let's. I mean, this guest has been our friend for two years, and we cannot wait to have this conversation with you all today because she really supported girls mentorship when we first met her um we'll get into exactly who she is what she does but she you want to talk about a connector she was on the home team right away like we were four minutes into the conversation before she was like i'm in whatever you guys do i want a piece of it (laughs) those are our people for sure 
So um, should we welcome her to the show? Yeah. And we mentioned to her earlier that we we're going to butcher her last name. So we're going to let her say it so you can get the full effect. Um, and I, I wonder how many times she's gotten this in her life because with a name like Mary, I've gotten it in my life. But like this is a total Clarissa explains it all moment. So <laughs> Clarissa, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hi, Clarissa. Hi. It's Abijaudi, Clarissa Abijaudi. Okay. Abijaudi. Abijaudi. Okay. Abijaudi. And next time we'll learn how to spell it. So that'll be a good lesson. Version two, version two of this conversation. Um, I would like to have you share with our listeners what your last name means. You just shared it with us before we pressed record and our mouth literally hit the floor. We were like, that's so beautiful. So please share what your last name's all about. My last name is Lebanese, and um, it's uh, an, in the, in the Arabic language. Abi means father, so my last name means father of kindness. And you know, if you sort of people who have explored our family heritage looked up the lineage of it and understood that you know our ancestors helped people that were not of the same religious faith in Lebanon, um, and sort of that's how they were bestowed this name, father of kindness. But Gosh, and doesn't very particular to Yes, yes. You eat, breathe, sleep. That that is you. That Kindness, encompasses connection. who you are. Um, we first got introduced to Clarissa through her position at Fusion Academy, which is a one-on-one school in Scottsdale. And we'll let her tell you her official like title at that school. But really, what comes to mind for me is dot directful director of thoughtfulness, like connection you embody what it means to create community and i think that's why we were able to connect with you so easily and so quickly is because that that quality is very near and dear to our hearts as well but you do it unlike anybody we've ever seen do it so what's your official title at fusion my official title is director of outreach Mm-hmm. So for our school in, in Scottsdale, I, I go out into the community and I look for those resources for our current families, for potential families in the community that could benefit from looking at um, school options. Maybe that's something at my school. Maybe it's another school that I've connected to. But just I think that's really why this position has worked so well for me for so long is that it is a passion of mine to be able to provide those resources to families and to our communities. And, you know, as I have connected with you guys and seen, seen your business throw thrive and grow um, and continue to do so. I mean, just sort of, I just like sit and just wait, like, okay, what (laughs) what can we do together next? You know, because it's, your message is so important and there's, there's only good things, you know, in the future because, because it is so important. So I appreciate you guys. We equally appreciate you. And it's one of the coolest things to be in a room with you and see the community that you bring in. And then someone will say something and they're like, oh my gosh, those are the people that you told us about. I've seen it happen time and time again where you had a phone call with somebody and then they happened to be in the room and the other person that you connected them to were in the room. It's really cool that that is such a gift. It's a skill that um, you lean into. And in your bio, when you were writing about yourself, you're the oldest child and you've probably started developing those skills, <laughs> connecting, hurting. Yeah. Right. 
back when you were the oldest child. So I'm sure you've been developing these skills for many, many years. Well, and honestly, there's a title that people wear really proudly. I think it's like a gift or an award that you can win around super connector, like being a super connector for people. So you you have had to connect it, I think, like a thousand people and made a difference in some way, shape or form. Don't quote me. We'll have to look into that. I'm definitely (laughs) going to now. However, like that is you through and through. So the director of outreach for Fusion is so appropriate because like Jill just said, we've been in the room where you've connected people who likely would never have crossed paths and then have gone on to work with one another and or collaborate on something. So it's it's very cool that you wound up in a position that suits you well. And I just we're obviously very different because you work for a business. We own our own business, but within both scopes of what we're doing, we get to create relationships like this. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that so much. It's the freedom to be able to really operate well within your zone of genius. And that is yours. So will you actually take a moment to explain um, not only your time with Fusion and what different campuses you've been to, but what is Fusion Academy? What, How does it differ from your normal every everyday public and or private school? Sure. Um, So Fusion Academy is a private school. We're we're accredited as a private school, but within that, we are able to teach students in a one teacher to one student private classroom setting. And so if you just sit with that for a minute and just think of all of the potential possibilities, the impact that we can have, the types of kids that we can work with in that setting, and it just kind of like it makes sense, right? That this is an area that is, has a need. And so I've been able, I've been fortunate to be able to work on, on, this is the fourth campus that I've, that I've worked on. I worked in California and um, I work here in, in our Scottsdale campus, but within that scope of working one-to-one with students, our teachers are developed as mentors. And so as a student is coming into campus and, you know, like I said, there are various needs that they may have, whether it's Uh, an emotional need or academic or even scheduling, really taking that child for who they are and meeting that need first and foremost, Mm -hmm. and then teaching based on that relationship. And I mean, I would challenge you to find some another institution that has the ability to do that. Um, And and that in and of itself is, is kind of what's kept me connected to this school for, it'll be 12 years next month. And that's so awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Next month. Are we, are we, are we going to go celebrate? We are. Let's go celebrate. Absolutely. (laughs) That is worth celebrating. hundred percent. Y'all are invited if you want. (laughs) We'll give you the deets. Um, Well, and like I said, I think that like I've been able to, I studied psychology. And so that was you know, my background was in looking at how can we help families? How can we help individuals um, really change the course of what's going on for them right now? And I was in private practice. I had a friend who started teaching at one of the campuses like two months after it opened in Manhattan Beach. And um, she was like, why don't you come visit one day? And then here we are 12 years later. So (laughs) they can't get rid of me. Um, But it really is. I mean, that was the next step for me is being able to, like I said, change the trajectory for for kids and their families by connecting them with the resources. So at Fusion, within that one-to-one capacity, I mean, students can come in who go to local public and private schools and get a couple of hours of tutoring a week or 
they can come to us and be, we can be their full-time school and they can, you know, have the same access to um, curriculum and degree programs and things like that, that students are accessing at other schools, but just in a very personalized setting. And then as you all know, when you come to our campus, you know, you, you do have that, that full school experience. There is a community, there's, you know, areas where the students are connecting and, and doing their homework and playing board games and doing student clubs and field trips and things like that. And so we've just sort of taken that experience of going to school and teased out all of the elements in an individual way to be able to, like I said, meet those students' needs, you know, for who they are and where they are. I, I just, I love fusion so much. And as a parent of kiddos who are in public school, what I hear from other moms when we, you know, are talking on the streets um, at pick up or drop <laughs> off, you know, <laughs> the mom is, gangs is the challenges that um, certain kiddos and families have. Not every school is built for their child. So mm-hmm. to know that fusion is out there and can. I mean, what I what I heard in in you sharing so beautifully about the school is that you're meeting the child where he or she is, and then you're mm-hmm. you're 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 topping it off with the learning piece. It's like you gotta connect with the student, and and build the trust, build the connection first before you can even allow learning to happen. So to, that the fact that that is a standard at Fusion is so cool because I know so many families are struggling trying to figure out, okay, well, why is my kid always getting in trouble? And they're, um, you know, they're, they're behind or where else can I go? And it's as simple as just doing research or listening to this podcast or asking other moms for help um, if they know of another option. So thank you for sharing about your love of this school. But personally, I've seen the campus thriving and the smiles that the, the teachers and admin really actually like their job, which is totally different than what you see sometimes at school. Yeah. Um, and that alone can totally change how a kid likes to learn. Right. And yeah. Realistically, we've gotten to work with a few students who have attended Fusion, so we've we've gotten to mm-hmm. see it um, by coming in and doing collaborative things. But we've also gotten to really see it and how it works for that student's individual needs, mm-hmm. um, which has been really cool because it's not always about getting in trouble or getting kicked out of a public right. school. It's it's the learning disabilities that some kids face. It's just not connecting or having anxiety or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is around larger class sizes or really just needing that one-on-one attention. That's exactly what Fusion um, provides. And right. honestly, I, I had no idea an experience like this existed. And I, what that makes me think is how many parents don't know it exists and just throw their hands up in frustration because either they're not willing to dive in and dig deep and research what's going on, or they've just kind of let it go. Like this is my kid's lot in life and the school that they're at is going to have to suffice for them at this point in time because our hands are tied. Well, and I hate Mm -hmm. to say that it's like, you know, well, I didn't like school growing up. So, you know, well, Mm -hmm. my kid's going to just, he'll be fine. She'll be fine. And we have to, we have to stop 
<laughs> expecting our kids to live life the way that we lived because it's totally different nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I want to get into this whole conversation of moms feeling stuck asking for help when they mm-hmm. really are struggling. And I'm sure you see it. Um, you are a mama of two, and you also see it um, as the director of outreach at Fusion, where people are just so tight-lipped around, okay, well, what is We're fine. Things are fine. No big deal. I don't have any problems going on at home. Um, Right. So when you you go out into the community and you start talking to family members or other schools that are like, yeah, we've got got problems, when you introduce the idea of Fusion, is there like a wave of Mm -hmm. relief that comes over people's faces when they figure out you exist? There, there really is. I mean, it's exactly what you said in the sense of it's sort of, oh my gosh, I had no idea. It's not only that they had no idea necessarily that fusion existed, but again, I think the normal conversation in quotes is about school is that it looks like it fits into a box and right. it doesn't have to. Yeah. And, and like I said, these are the conversations that I'm having and that I will continue to have is let's talk about your, your child, your family, your situation, and what can we do? And like I said, is it a full shift to a different school setting, like a school like ours, or is it talking about accessing other resources either on your school campus or in the community that will help your child and thereby your family not have to be, you know, kind of swimming upstream or trying to keep their head above, above water so much. Um, but like you said, sometimes it's, it is a sense of relief when they know about us, but then, then the next step becomes a little challenging as far as, okay, are we going to, are we going to do this? Are we going to make this move? Are we going to, you know, pay an additional fee? Like we're so accustomed to going to, you know, going through school or, or even the drop-offs and the pickups and the, you know, experiences with teachers the way that it is. And so, you know, what commitment is it going to take in order to to make those shifts? Mm-hmm. One thing that we talk about a lot around Girls Mentorship HQ is the sheer notion around evolution. And mm-hmm. if you think about cars when they first came out, right, their, their tires were different. They didn't have seat belts. They didn't have side mirrors. And things, things evolved, right? You got in your first car accident and you thought, what could solve this? Definitely a side mirror. Like I would have seen that car coming if I had something <laughs> to show me that car. Let's add that. Let's add that right now. We've got cars that drive themselves. I mean, we've come to this place of literally the Jetsons at this point. But the one thing that doesn't feel like it's evolved to keep up with what we're doing right now is the way that school systems operate. The curriculum, how, I mean, sitting for eight hours a day, like we know more than anybody else right now that kids don't have the attention span. Um, Kids have never had a great attention span, but you put phones in the mix, you Mm -hmm. put all of this other stuff in the mix. Like we get asked during our workshops on a very frequent basis if girls can like go outside and get their zoomies out like they know to ask that which is Mm -hmm. so awesome that they can advocate for themselves in that way but the way that traditional school works has just not caught up in our opinions to 2023 so of course that's the thinking right this is the way that it's always been done this is the way that we're used to it being done and getting outside of this comfort zone, even though it doesn't serve us, it's not serving Mm -hmm. us, is scary. 
So what does it look like for our kid to go to a one-on-one school? Are they going to be ridiculed? Is it going to be an extra strain on our on our family, whether that's financially or schedule-wise? Can you get into a little bit of like the pushback that you get when you first introduce this concept? Well, exactly what you said. I think they're concerned about, um, okay, if I, if I shift from a whatever, 25, 30 student classroom to a one-on-one classroom, what are they going to lose? What are they going to miss out on? But, you know, kind of a little bit of what we went into, we still incorporate that in in some form or another, right? So they're still able to connect with other students. It's just not while they're being taught, which like kind of makes sense if you think about it. Um, They, you know, they have that opportunity. They also at Fusion, they do all of their homework on campus. That's part of their school day is completing their homework. They're not going to class. They're not being instructed for six and six or seven hours back to back, they have block scheduling and, and, you know, lots of, of coordination that is not my responsibility because that's not my (laughs) brain. Um, But they have, like I said, they have these opportunities to learn what it's like to take brain breaks and, you know, manage their time. And that's part of their school day. I mean, think about not only the difference that that makes in how they relate to school, but what kind of adults are those children going to be when they get to the workforce or when they're in college or, you know, when they're ahead of their own family or something like that. So um, that's really sort of, you know, verbally, that's what we go into with families is, you know, look at all of the different elements to our program and, and how we've taken some of your concerns and just sort of put it in a different spot that makes more sense, reorganized it. Now, the other thing is at our school, and so I would, you know, always encourage families when you're looking at alternative options or support options is that we offer trial days. We offer, you know, lots of different opportunities where a student and and thereby a parent can sort of really test it out and see if this is something that is going to work for that family. And so um, it's a mutual decision. It isn't just us, you know, stamping some sort of approval letter or something like that. So Well, it's kind of like you got to test drive the car before you buy it from the lot, you know, and I love that that's an option because it could be really intimidating for kids. And what we've seen a lot is that an intimidated kid can really impact the parent where the parent then says, well, I had this idea, but now he or she, my kiddo, doesn't want to do this. So therefore, I think we should take it off the table. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, no, you got to advocate for your child, regardless if they think it's the right fit for them. How do they actually know it's going to work out if they don't try it? So as parents, too, what we've seen is like this quit mentality. Like, well, you know, he doesn't want to try out for this sports team because he doesn't think he likes it. It's like, well, how do you know he doesn't like it? He hasn't even tried it. Mm-hmm. Or same thing with your daughter. So I love that you are offering this as, hey, a try before you buy. And our hope is that if the parent intuitively knows that this feels right, it's like, go for it. And then let the kids spend some time in this new environment in order for him or her to really make that decision. And I would also say even throughout their, you know, let's say they, they do move forward and they enroll with us. And as I mentioned, there's different ways what that can look like, whether it's one class, whether it's six classes, 
but but our program again inherently sets up time to connect reoccurringly with not only the student but with the parents as well so that we're all a part of the conversation moving forward is this is this working is this still working what are the goals hey it's been a month it's been 3 months you know how have those goals shifted what do we want to talk about next because you know as we were talking about a lot of times like when like think of how many hours kids spend in school a day and if that's hard in a little tiny brain think about how hard that is like moving forward and and to be able to navigate and and things like that so you know when we're able to shift that and bring down that stress level and start lifting up that self esteem then we have these opportunities to like i said you know expand what are their goals they start thinking about what life is going to look like or the potential for some future achievements in a way that maybe they haven't done so in the past you guys have you heard that we're hosting a summer camp Listen, you can go to a summer camp that kills time or you can attend a camp that leverages it. This summer, we aim to empower and inspire young women to pursue more. More confidence, more positive friendships, more community impact, more dreams and aspirations, more self-honoring and healthy habits. To explore more camp options, go to girlsmentorship.com. We can't wait to see you there. God, and I love the same team mentality. That's mm-hmm. something that we are really trying to hone in as well because I don't ever recall my mom getting looped into what I was doing when I was in school other than getting my report cards or going to parent-teacher conferences right. that were 20 minutes long. Right, and how can you encompass what's going on within the day in a 20-minute parent-teacher conference? Now, I got in trouble a lot, so my mom did get phone calls from the principal or the vice principal around my behavior at school, but there was never like a deep dive into why mm-hmm. the behavior was happening which if we were equipped with conversations around why the behavior was happening and ways to uh, help the behavior or put me in different classes to um, not change the behavior, but derive what was really going on out of me. Like nobody once told me ever that I was a leader, right? I'm Mm. loud in class. I'm I'm a chatty Kathy. That's why I got in trouble a lot was because I stood up for myself. I was looping other kids into what was going on. And I always just got told that I was talking too much or that I was too much of a distraction. I got told I was being disrespectful all the time, which yes, is there, is there uh, weight to that? Of course. But nobody ever once looked at me and said, you've got leadership skills. We Mm -hmm. just need to hone in on them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like an environment like fusion is really good at taking those qualities out of kids and saying, this is exactly what this could be good for. And then relaying that information to the parent. So I I love that as well. That's such an important tactic in terms of holistically well-rounding your child. Mm -hmm. It's reframing. It's reframing those experiences, not only for the student, but also for the parent. And listen, this isn't a this isn't an us versus them situation because I see the teachers that teach at my school. I teach to see the teachers at my children's school and, and everybody would love to be able to have these relationships with, you know, the kids and their families. And, and we're fortunate that we've created a school that allows for that. But I do also think, and this is again, sort of some of the things that, that we were talking about earlier. I do also think that there's a way to empower parents where you can have 
that type of relationship with your school and with the teachers and, and, you know, let's, let's make that the norm instead of like feeling outside of the whole conversation. Mm. I think that is for every parent listening, regardless of what school you're at, it's get on the same team with the people who are teaching your kiddos Mm -hmm. for eight hours a day, five days a week. That is such a long time. And teachers, bless them, bless them. We, We say this every opportunity that we get. Our moms were teachers. My mom just retired after 25 years this year. This is our first year not doing it. They have such a workload. Mm -hmm. So they're not able to reach out to you and let you know every little nuance, but they will be on your team if you make an effort to get to know them. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think a really cool conversation that recently I was, I had like an aha moment was when we got to speak on your panel just last week where we brought all sorts of different professionals together to talk about summer Mm -hmm. and something that my school hasn't specifically set us up for success and again not a knock on them but it now empowered me as a parent to say how do i utilize my kids teachers to ask questions to say hey how are they doing and how do i support them this summer do you have any suggestions that for me when i i mean i was a i got to be a speaker on a panel as a as a you know as an expert and i'm learning all of this stuff i'm like that is so good but if someone didn't tell me that like hey how do we leverage summer in a way by utilizing the people that spend the most time with your kids so that they can be really successful it's like lean into them ask your teachers or administrators or um, any other counselors, social emotional learning teachers, like ask them what they think could support your kiddo in being successful over the summer that sets them up for the next grade ahead. I just thought that was so beautiful and that your school, your job was really to bring these people together to offer hey, this is what's going on in the community. Mm-hmm. And whether you come here to Fusion for summer camp or, or if you use us for summer tutoring or not, here's all of the options for you or how you can advocate for your child. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you think about, you know, again, I think about our our mom, you know, villages and, and all that opportunity there to really pay it forward, right? So if I share, when I share with other moms at my kids' school, you know, hey, have you got, are you familiar with girls' mentorship? And remember, I texted you because this mom said it to me. I know, but this mom texted me. Oh my gosh, have you heard of girls' mentorship? I was like, "Mm, sit down, let's talk about (laughs) this. And, but I mean, think about that experience. Like you, you know, you had mentioned this, Jill, on that panel is how much more aware and like consumer savvy can we be when we enroll our kids or look for resources mm-hmm. that feels like a good fit and not just, oh, this fits within the time slot that I need Ugh. my kids to be, right. you know, whatever, but moving that needle and, and, you know, like, let's break down some of those words. Like when we talk about setting kids up for success, what does success mean for your child? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Jill, you have two kids. That's different from two for each of those children. I have two kids. That's right. going to look different for each of them. Success is incorporating not only, you know, things like academics, but also 
What developmentally are they going through? What do we need to prepare for for the upcoming year? What did they experience over this past year? And one of the things that Elena on our panel had mentioned is sit down at the end of the school year, have a family meeting. First of all, make that normal, like having these open-ended conversations, not just us, you know, doom scrolling at 10 p.m. at night trying to figure out what kind of camps kids are going to go to. But <laughs> this like, one still has availability. Yeah, Sign up. yeah, legit. And so but having these conversations and this was another thing I was thinking about. We were talking about social media just from a parent perspective. I remember when my oldest daughter who's 10 when she was born and another parent had said like, oh, here's this Facebook group, you know, maybe you can find some options about daycare or pediatricians or whatever on there. So I was on it for, I don't know, maybe like a couple of months. And I think I cried more from the stuff I read on that Facebook group and the mom shaming than just the postpartum experience as it lives. And Hmm. part of that was because I was looking, I found at a moment that I was looking at Facebook and, and, you know, and there's even sort of like memes about it now where it's like a mom will post something like, oh, what bottles do you recommend? And then the parents all start chiming in about, you know, well, that affects this. And why are you not thinking about that? And you're a terrible person and blah, 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 whatever. And so I felt like I remember looking at her and I, I don't know, maybe it was about sleep or something like that. And the answer was in her face. It was, it was like, she was giving me the answers. I'm hungry. I'm uncomfortable. I'm hot. I'm whatever it was. And it was like, yes, you know, the, the communities of, of moms and the social media platforms definitely can be helpful, but when they're not, you know, let's look to our kids first and see what are they overtly or, or, you know, under, in others, in other ways, telling us that their needs are. And, and talk to them about it and then talk to the moms in your community about it. And, you know, kind of getting ahead of, like I said, these developmental stages that inevitably are going to come our way by forming this community that you can reach out to and rely on. Right. Well, and if you don't know what you need as, as a mom, you know, because what we also get so caught up in is our busyness. We're mm-hmm. so busy. We, we don't, don't have, have the time. time. We're stressed. We're overwhelmed. The juggle is real. And then it's like we're 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 just swirling in that. Well, and what I want to point out about that specifically is you don't have the time until you have to make the time. Exactly. So when something happens or something goes quote unquote wrong with your kid within the situation at school that they're in, you have to stop what you're doing and assess the situation and make the time to find a solution. So wouldn't it be nice if we could stop using that as, a, that as an excuse and really just what you just said, get ahead of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I I know this sounds like common knowledge, but common knowledge does not mean common practice, right? Exactly. 88% of people, according to a survey or um, a study that we have read, says that 88% of people are walking around totally unaware, right? Their self-awareness is lacking. So what I want to point out in the mom shaming thing, we've all felt mom shamed. Those of us that are moms, I'm a dog mom. I'm, I've definitely been shamed as a dog mom for sure. <laughs> yes. But as moms, like you've all, you all know what it feels like to have somebody give you the side eye or look down on how you're raising your kids. And why would you want to go do that to somebody else? You're like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do that. I'm not doing that. 
please just check yourself before you wreck someone else with the advice that you're giving them because everyone's family is different. And yes, mom groups are meant to help support and lift up and guide for others who have not walked this path yet. And it can be very demeaning and very sad and very like paralyzing Mm -hmm. to read some comments or some quote unquote suggestions because you feel like being on a high horse. That's not what this is about because this, I said it earlier, same team mentality. Yes. Do families need to be on the same team as their teachers and coaches? A thousand percent. Do communities need to be on the same pages? Absolutely. Because what we fail of opinions. Oh, a thousand percent. Because what we fail to realize or conceptualize or understand is that 10 years from now, our kids, 25% of the population right now is Gen Z. They will be the the buying population, the decision makers, the policy makers, the change makers. They are going to be out in the world creating the things that we depend on. And we're going to be mad that we were on the opposite team and pointing fingers Mm -hmm. and shaming because it doesn't matter. We need to have a same team mentality. Yeah. And guess what? If you make anyone, but if we're still at, if, if we're still talking about the, the the mom community, if we interact this way with one another, you then are likely to not speak up at all. And that is so detrimental. It's like we're we're here to support one another. And when you can see your friend when when she feels like she's about to explode but she's like i'm totally fine (laughs) crying you're like oh my gosh what do you need it's it's empowering other women to ask for help um and even if they don't have the specific words it's just being a space for her to figure it out and then guiding or just even listening so thanks for calling that out clarissa because man we said that teens are struggling but so are parents and and also the parents are they we are modeling that you know what i mean like we always talk about sort of oh if you're telling your kids not to bring your phone to the table what are you are do you bring your phone yeah yeah i get that but also if you're not asking for help or if you're not showing them like hey we're a community if i tell my kids to do chores or something it's not because i don't know how to like you know vacuum my carpet it's because we are a community in this household and you know, I need everybody to participate in that. And, and so I think it's, um, I think it's also just this notion of being able to model what's healthy, not only asking for help, but being able to advocate for your own needs. Right. And so we talk a lot about healthy people ask for what they need. And, and I, I try to sort of assume that about people. And so if I'm offering help, I mean, this is, this is my bandwidth. This is what I'm available to give. But I also need you to to ask for for that and and not just sort of wait for me to like throw the spaghetti at the wall and and hope that that is what you needed in that moment. Hundred <laughs> percent. What did I say earlier? You have to be specific in order to be terrific. And right. listen, <laughs> listen. I think we all came from a generation of the pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do it. Big girls don't cry. Like sweep those You're feelings gonna be under the rug. Suck You're going to be up. fine. Rub some dirt on it. Oh, wow. We really went. Whoa. We went, whoa. <laughs> no one's ever told us that. Whoa. Um, so like breaking that in me has been hard. Like this, this yeah. air of independence mm-hmm. that I can do it, that I will do it. 
I don't want to. I'm tired <laughs> of doing it all myself. Well, if I, I will loop in friends. If yes. I could say, please help yes. me in, in a thousand percent. And well, also, I think it makes us better. I am reformed, not a hundred percent, but I'm yeah. reformed in, in doing everything by myself. Right. Um, and even sort of when I was getting accustomed to asking for more help and support, I would always say, look, I can do this, but I'm choosing to ask for help, which even that I think is a little bit extreme, but, but I do think that I have found such a better lifestyle being more open and authentic with, um, with that community experience. Right. And I'll tell you something else. And I had this conversation recently and I had this conversation maybe eight years ago and it still rings true where I found my value in doing all the things. Preach. Amen. Me too. Wow. You can really do it all. You're like, yeah, I can. Yes, I can. And I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. And I'm, and so then I've created this system where the people around me, two things. One is the people around me don't feel like they have a place that they're, you know, what's the need for them. And, and secondly, you know, the people that I was bringing into my world were people that were kind of like energy suckers. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to shift that and say, um, I'm happy to, to teach you, or, you know, is there an element of that, that I can help with, but not feel like I had to do everything was huge. And, and I think it was an opportunity to realize that there's other things that are valuable about me. And like I said, I have more meaningful connections with people and I have people that are more meaningful, you know, in my, in my space now. I mean, that's such a good call out. Mm. it's just taking inventory too of who is draining you of your energy yeah. and who's really breathing and and pouring back into you. Well, and I'm sorry, don't we want to model exactly that for yes. our kids? <laughs> right. I was literally having a conversation with a mom a few weeks ago and she was telling me about how difficult it was for her to make friends. And she had just recently cut a friend out of her life that she realized like, it, she was just there out of convenience and she wasn't necessarily adding anything. In fact, she was taking things away and she was going to meet a new friend for coffee and she was really nervous about it. And I said, Tanya, have you looped your girls into this conversation? And she looked at me and she said, no, should I? I said, they're struggling just as much to make friends. Wouldn't mm -hmm. it be nice to relate to them in the exact same way so they know that it's not them, that it's not their fault that it's not something that they solely themselves are struggling with, that it will be something that they'll struggle with for the rest of their life if you don't give them the gifts and tools to figure out how to not struggle. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. And I'm like, okay, go on and prosper now. <laughs> go loop them in. Go, go please. Yeah. Well, and I think so also, you know, when we talk about our, our mom communities, I am so grateful for my mom, both my parents, my aunts, you know, the whole community of, of women that do did and do still rally around me. And the fact of the matter is time is always changing. Right. And what the, what my girls are exposed to now is different than what they will be exposed to as high school students and as college students and, you know, moving forward in their lives. And so I can't, keep track of, I can't keep track of all of the things. And you have to have these different perspectives and, and vantage points in order to support them, you know, in the, in the best way, in the most healthy way possible. And I just, 
I, and I know that that's hard, you know, even saying that out loud is hard. And so I just want to be somebody that champions, like, let's all do that. You know, if we all do that, then it's not quite as hard. percent. Right. And that vantage point, let's just tie this conversation up with a bow. Uh-huh. Those different vantage points are different community members. You don't yeah. have to do it alone. Right. You don't have to raise your kids alone, nor should you, because opening up the blinders allows you to see things from different perspectives, giving your kids, allotting your kids the chance to grow and prosper into the best versions of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and even going back to the modeling, you know, as you mentioned, sort of who, who are the people that I'm bringing into my life, because that's not just my life in a silo, it's also their lives. And, you know, how are we, how are we relating to our community and, and what, how does that mirror uh, the values of our family? And, you know, we can have all different types of people in our lives, but understanding the place that they hold and they fulfill and just taking the time to consider moving forward, mm. you know, as you, t- as you were talking about being specific, but taking the time moving forward, are my actions continuing to be reflective of the life that I want to lead and, and thereby, you know, modeling that as an example. Mm-hmm. I am pulling out a few things. So what we've really talked about in this conversation is knowing knowing what your child needs as far as what schools provide for them and for your family. Meeting them where they're at. Like you mm-hmm. said, every school and child is different. We don't need to put our kiddos in a box. Mm-hmm. And then we really got into this beautiful conversation about moms and being in community and not in competition with one another. So let, let's, let's just change that. Let's be better for one another so that we can all hands in say, I <laughs> say, I, I, and then finally, it's like your friends need to align with your values and we get to have our kiddos be a part of that and see that friendships are going to come and go and relationships are going to come and go but we need more people to raise our kiddos so this conversation to me i'm like wow we covered so much but at the end of the day it's taking the time if i were to like boil it down to a sentence it's taking the time to figure out what it is your family needs and that your children need and take action and not just glazing over it because how easy is it right I say this probably too much too, but you, you do the hard thing, you get an easy life. You do the easy thing, you get a hard life Mm -hmm. and glazing by what your family needs because at the end of the day, you're tired or you don't have the time or whatever it is, sets not only your family, but your kids up for failure. So why aren't we having a beginning of the school year conversation around goals and then doing a wrap out at the end of the year or each semester by saying, are we hitting those goals or do we need to pivot? What else does it look like? What else do you need? How else can we support you? Open-ended conversations to give your kids the permission to understand that not everything is set in stone, that there are options, Mm -hmm. that there are several other ways to do things. I mean, gosh, we, we do that at our jobs right? We have performance evaluations with our bosses. Like, why aren't we doing that on a normal everyday basis with our kids? 
Um, so being that this podcast is called What's the Lesson, WTL, um, it's a play on words because we really like to take all of our WTF moments and turn <laughs> them into our WTL moments. So in a sentence or two, in the last 12 years of your, your time with Fusion, what's been your biggest WTF moment that you've been able to turn into your WTL moment? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to borrow one thing and then I'll, I'll come up with something on my own too, but we were fortunate. And this is, I think some, this speaks also to our program that the people that work for fusion are also blessed with, um, you know, coaching and teachable moments and resources to develop ourselves as people, as humans, as women, you know, all all different opportunities. And of course that's going to beget other like-minded people. And so within some of the outside coaching that's, that's been brought in and within some of the, you know, friendships that I've made along the way, I think that, um, that's really leveled up my experience as a parent, as well as, you know, as a director of outreach at Fusion and been able to make those connections. Exactly what I'm saying. I realized that I was so passionate about connecting those for other, connecting these opportunities for other families. And that leads them to choose Fusion if it's the right fit. But when when that's providing resources for the community, um, that's, you know, that's fulfilling my passion. So anyway, that was a long way of saying we had a coach once who, um, shout out to Amanda, who said, you know, we would start our coaching sessions um, and she would say, you know, what are you complaining about? And then what she would say is, where else is that showing up? And so as that pertains to like our conversation today, I think that's huge, right? So if I'm complaining about the house being messy, like where else is that showing up? Or if I'm complaining about my daughter not, you know, having a great sleep schedule or, or whatever it is, if I'm complaining about, like you mentioned, you know, being always too busy, where else is that showing up? And then what am I doing to either change that, shift that, or continue to facilitate that, right? And then we would talk about those commitments, right? And so I think, and that's, again, like as we were talking today, I was thinking about opportunities that I have to check back in with some of the goals that I've had, or, you know, thoughts that I've had for shifts in our life, in our, in our family and, you know, what am I committing to that, that fulfills that? And so that was, that was huge for me, you know, changing the WTF moments were thinking that I could do it all myself and finding my value in being all things to all people. And the WTL was realizing that, um, I was continuing this really negative cycle personally, which obviously bleeds into professionally and just the you know, aha moments, like, you know, coming out of Oz and everything's in color, um, <laughs> right. You know, experiences. Oh, so yeah, that was, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that because I know everyone listening can relate. I don't know you personally, all of you, but I know in some way, shape or form, you can relate to 100%. exactly that sentiment. So mm-hmm. find yourself in that story. Um, and you don't, you don't have to be local to Scottsdale, Arizona to have a fusion in your backyard. There are campuses. It's a West coast thing. Is that? No, it's across no. the country. There's, oh, there's it's across the country, baby. It is. I, I want to say that there's 83 campuses across the country now. Okay, um, that's amazing. Yeah. So they're, they, and I think it's really cool to see how they take on the culture of the community that they, that they open these campuses into. And, and, um, 
Yeah, there's and there's also the opportunity to to work virtually too. So oh, I mean jackpot. Right. Well, and I I just one quick thing, because I know parents who have kiddos that are like playing sports or in competitive mm-hmm. sports. This I mean, fusion is a great option too if your kiddo is God, traveling a ton. Schedule, jam-packed, right? Mm-hmm. It's in conjunction with a lot of things. Right. So with that said, we'll have all the information to find your local Fusion if it's something that you want to look into or be in conjunction with in the show notes. Um, even if it's, like Clarissa said, not an option for your family, it's an option worth looking into. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's something that comes alongside to support or whether it's a full-time thing, we have absolutely loved our time getting to know Fusion. The Scottsdale campus, obviously, and all of the people that we've met that work within. I mean, we've gotten to meet Jess, uh, the front door people, uh, the kids, I mean, teachers, we've gotten to see so much of the inner workings of it. And definitely we hear this a lot and we'll say it. We wish we knew about something like this when we were in school or Uh something like this existed when we were in school, not calling ourselves dinosaurs. I mean, We're not fossils. We're 35 and 36 (laughs) years old. Not yet. um, Not quite, but it's definitely something worth looking into. So Clarissa, we love you. I love you guys. for taking the time today just to break it down and give us um, your perspective on things. So good. Um, We just, we're going to have to have a a version two of this conversation for sure because I feel like there are several other directions that we could go. Absolutely. So if you found this episode valuable, if you want to share it with people, um, obviously, you know the drill. Sharing is caring. And if you rate and review, that obviously spreads the word about what we're doing here in terms of learning people up on social emotional learning. So you know what to do. Go find that five star button and push it. (laughs) Write us something legit. Until the next time you guys, we'll see you on What's the Lesson. Take care, everyone. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in with us. If you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, post questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship.